Hey folks and welcome to MLR Kickoff, another big show coming your way. Oh, the MLR action, it has been, it's got me ready for summer. Uh, it's so hot, I'm just ready to, to dust off the winter coat, to put the boots in the closet and just get ready. Sleeves gone, a little bit of SPF 50 or 100 now. Actually, I'm getting a little older, got to take care of the skin. But you know who else is heating up? Oh, it's the Silver Fox himself, Mr. Richard Gear, the George Clooney of Major League Rugby, the Professor, Pete Seinberg. How you doing, buddy? Um, I, I, I'm doing fine, but I, my hair is not that great. No, I just didn't know. Like you've maintained your natural there. color. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. It is getting there. Like like having kids late held on, but uh, you know having kids late is now creating gray hair. So it's getting there. But I'm not a silver fox. I'd love to see a photo of you pre Penelope and then today, and just see the the yeah, the, just mainly the bags under the, the decline. Eyes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit it's, less higher hairline, bags under the eyes. <laughs> I think I put up a photo of me and my wife for our anniversary, and there's people genuinely wrote to me and said, "That's not you," and I'm like, "No, that's 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 me. That's what I used to look like." And they're like, "I don't believe you." But uh, anyway, Pete, hey, how good was the weekend? How good was the footy? Oh, spectacular! There were some, there were some really, really great games. I mean, just like uh, let's just talk about Old Glory against San Diego. I mean, anyone saw that? I mean, and I think on my Super Brew, which I forgot to like actually put in a couple of couple of games because I always forget. But like, I don't think anyone had San Diego by like what was it five, whatever it is. I'm like, and and um, Old Glory had some chances at the end. Twelve, I think, was at the end. Was it at the end? That was, yeah, it was, it was, it was 12. I had him by 19, and I was like, come on, oh, San Diego, give me a link to the field, try to finish. But they didn't. I got absolutely destroyed this weekend. I went two for six and then had no uh, matches picks in the spread. Oh, abysmal, abysmal. I, I slid. I was like Enron. Remember Enron, the, the, the energy stock? That was that was my super brew ticker. I was like this, 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 and it was like, boom, gone. Don't exist. Well, I think anymore. like 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 every stock, Dan. I'll, I'll talk you up. Every stock, like what goes down, can go up, right? So you can also zoom mm. up as fast as you zoom down. Yeah, I tell you a game I did get wrong, and um, I think a lot of people caught. Now this, this is a pretty tight pick one. This was New England, New York. Let's review that for our game of the previous weekend. Hoboken Major League Rugby ticks another box. We went from Cochrane Stadium down the road. I don't know if you got to go to Cochrane, Pete. But, um, I mean, they were giving out free tetanus shots as you walked into Cochrane. It was a little run down. But the Hoboken Stadium, talk about some scenery. I mean, there were people in their apartments. I have this idea. They should have uh, a GoPro in the apartments and bring it into the broadcast. A rugby party in there and then you have live crosses as like New York scores and they cheer and celebrate. And the, the people playing tennis in the background, like staring over like, <laughs> oh, honey, uh, what is, what's this going on right here? It was brilliant. It captured New York in all its beauty. I loved it. It, it, it did. And, and it, was a, it was a really, really good game. And, and I think this was like the first test for New York. I mean, I think it's their first kind of like at home playing against a team that we know is good. And, and they played really well, but they came up against what might be the most efficient attack in MLR. I mean, the New England Free Jacks and Bowdoin Walker like on the front foot, like that guy scores tries and they are so efficient. They take all of their opportunities to score. Yeah. 
Bodie Waco is like that old lady in Vegas on the oxygen tank and the get around who rolls up to the craps table and just starts throwing heaters. Whatever that guy is doing this season is just coming up big time. I, if I'm, you know, Scott Matthew, the coach, every game plan revolves around getting Bodie Waco as involved as possible. I'm sure they're, they're doing that, but he has had a scorching hot start to the season. Yeah, he, he has. And, and there's a couple of things that's really interesting if you look at the stats. So let me, let, let me look. So, both teams had about the same number of um, rucks, right? But New York had 162 passes and um, uh, New England had 93. So you've got a New England team that's playing very direct, right? And if you look, like Bowdoin Wacker passed the ball 13 times and then he carried it eight, Right, So he got the ball 21 times in the game, but he's running about as often as he's passing. So what that tells me is that this is a team that's using their forwards to open up space and then using their great running fly half to be able to exploit that, that space. And so it's, a, it's really interesting. So I think you know, for, for New England, it's going to be about like when they come up against some of these physical defenses, right? like, like an Austin, right? or when they come up against um, a, an ATL, are their forwards able to generate that space when they go forward? Like um, New York have a great defense, but we know they're not quite as physical as some of the others. They don't go for the double tackles. And it seems like that's the way to shut down New England. And then, of course, they're amazing on the turnovers, right? So the ball gets mm. turned over and they, they just fly. Mm. And it looks, it looks like uh, that locker room is humming as well. Uh, chatted to a few of the players already this year. And um, they said it was a good, good setup last year. Even better this year. Right. They've, they've added to the coaching staff. They've added some more resources to the, the club up there. And they're like, this place is just humming at the moment. And, and you know, Pete, having coached at a high level, the locker room's humming and your job becomes yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, soft factors, right? Soft factors. I like, you know, if you, at, at this level, it makes a difference. Every player can play a little bit better. Every player can be a little bit more committed if, if, if the culture is right. And just another shout out um, to, to Joe Johnston, who is having a really remarkable season and um, just someone I think to look out for, for um, you know, potential Eagle call up. Is he open to the Eagles this year? I don't That's know if he's de- declared his uh, intent on what he wants to do. Cause there was rumors about that last year, right? And, right. and then maybe the lure of the super rugby contract, uh, was keeping away because then he would become, you know, an import player. And as you know, with Super Rugby, how it works, that would kind of restrict his ability to get a contract, even in his home country of New Zealand. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure. that Joe Harvey did on the Rugby Network where he basically said he was open to it. That's, that's yeah, yeah that, like, like that. So that, that would be... That would be a, a, a great pickup for, for Gary Gold. But I don't want to ignore New York, right? They scored maybe one of the tries of the season. Um, Connor Buckley, who's having a great year. Um, I think he had a box kick that was fielded. They moved it down the field and then a cross kick. They went 90 meters in, like, in, in no time. Um, Sam Windsor um, kicking across and scoring just a, a beautiful try. It was, I think, Andrew, Andrew Coe that scored. Yeah. Mm. The, 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 Not only did he score it, but mate, on the fly, diving catch. Yeah. Um, Dive catch score. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sensational. Like was, so, like, like, I think, I think New York, New York walk away from this knowing we probably need to do a little bit of work on our scrum. 
right? Scrum was a little bit of a challenge for them against against New England, but like mm-hmm. New York are a team that's doing that, that's playing well. I thought this was a really well played game. Yeah, I, I agree. Hey, just want to rewind, give a shout out to Joe Harvey as well. You mentioned Joe Harvey. He's doing a, an absolute bang-up job writing articles. I love reading his stuff. He's a young fella from out uh, in the UK who's been helping out with the Rugby Network and MLR for a while. So get on there and, and read his stuff, retweet it, uh, support Joe. He's a young journalist moving up in the rugby world, but he's doing an amazing job for Major League Rugby. All right, Pete, let's move on. When I talk about centres in world rugby, there's the atmosphere the stratosphere, and then there's the ionosphere. Brother, when you get up in the ionosphere, there's just a couple of names when you're talking about centres in the world of rugby. Name one of them for me. Brian O'Driscoll. Very well done. Very good. Who's better? Oh, this is the Northern and Southern Hemisphere. Is it Marnonu? Pete! Ding, ding, ding. You nailed it. And guess who you got to sit down with and catch up with today? Guess. Did I get to, um, uh, uh, did I get to sit down and talk to Marnonu? It wasn't Brian O'Driscoll, that's for sure. It was Marnonu. We've got over 100 caps for the All Blacks. San Diego Legion star. They would have won it all in 2020. Damn you, COVID, robbing the Legion of a premiership. But he's back. He's back, and uh, Areni IE has surpassed him as the elder statesman in the league. But boy, oh boy, it's great to see Nonu back in the league. And Pete, you got a chance to catch up with the legend today. Well, Ma Nonu, thank you so much for joining us on MLR Kickoff. It's it's an honour to have one of the uh, um, best ever rugby players. And you know, here you are in your late thirties, and you're still playing rugby. I mean, I, I assume you don't need to. Can you tell us why you still want to? Yeah, good evening, gents. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. It's uh, great to be on the show, so thank you very much. Um, it's, a, it's a question I always ask myself, really. Um, look, I, I still love the game, and um, I, I still believe I can still compete as well. So I think it's more about, um, you know, just trying to fulfil – um, what has been a dream, you know, for a long time. So coming to the MLR again, it's uh, look. I came here two years ago and I, I loved it. And I know that the the rug the game of rugby is growing in the states. So I wanted to help that uh, grow in terms of um, who I was and how long I've been playing. So it's just about trying to pass my knowledge on to uh, the players I'm playing with here in, in San Diego. You know, we hear a lot from, um, you know, top players that come from overseas and um, come to Major League Rugby, and they say that they're surprised, right? And they're surprised by the standard. Can you share a little bit about, like, what are some of the things that, you know, especially, you know, pros from overseas might not think, right, um, is good about American rugby and MLR and, and what they should think about it? I think when you put everything into context, I think you, you can't compare um, different competitions to the MLR, you know, say the top 14 or the, the Premiership or Super Rugby because um, there are different mainstreams in terms of the budget as well. So you've got to respect that fact. But I love everything about America because, you know, growing up in, in New Zealand, 
um, all you do is, is watch movies that are made in America and um, just the American sports, NFL, the basketball, uh, the baseball, you know, now the, the MLS as well. So coming over here to the States and experiencing how they do it, um, it's such a great experience. And the Americans are lovely to meet and, and they're so passionate about, you know, where they come from and they're so interested in terms of where you're from if you're not American. You know, you, you speak uh, a different accent and, hey, where are you from? And so where's that? Oh, I love that country or, you know, so, you know, most of the Americans would love to go down under. But for us coming from down under, it's, I love coming here. Well, you know, you've, this is your second time in San Diego. So talk to us a little bit about, like, San, you know, I lived in San Diego for a couple of years. What are the, some, some of the things that you love about living in San Diego? Yeah, so if, if you haven't been to San Diego, we, sadly, we don't actually live in San Diego City. We actually live um, 30 minutes out of the city north, so in uh, Carlsbad, uh, which is a nice area in Sanitas, and then you've got Oceanside. Um, but the area is great. Um, no, like the team uh, is awesome, you know, a bunch of rugby players from, you know, different places in the world. And uh, as I said before, the, the competition is growing and there's a lot of Kiwis that are, um, you know, in America and the MLR as well. So we've got Danny Lee here who's um, a Kiwi as well. And uh, he's coached for a long time. So uh, we've got Dan Pryor, who's a Kiwi, and um, his brother also plays in New York, uh, Cara. And, you know, Andy Ellis has, has played in New York. So you talk to a lot of these guys and, um, you know, we, we enjoy um, playing over here. Now, you know, you, you talked about um, there's, there's a lot of Kiwis here. Is there any, like, do people follow MLR back home? I mean, you playing here must be a bit of a draw, but do you hear from, from folks back home that they're, they're watching the games? Yeah, they've taken a lot of interest back home, I, I think. Um, a lot of people I know, you know, ask about how they can watch the game and, you know, send links. But I know that the Rugby Network shows the game. So that's kind of one of the avenues I, I try and uh, send across to people at home. So... I mean, you, you can watch it on anything because uh, social media is big as well. So it's all on Instagram anyway. So, and uh, the MLR always posts. So, you know. And, and, and do you hear from any of your like old teammates back home who are like, hey, like, how do I get to go over it? Like, my experience of going around the world is that everyone, everyone wants to come to the States and play, right? They think that, like, just for the experience. So, um, have you ever thought, like, maybe becoming an agent after you play and help some of those guys come over here? Uh, I'd love to be an agent. Well, I, think, I mean, look, look you, you got the contacts in MLR. You've got the contacts around the world, right? Yeah. That's not a bad, it's not a bad option. Yeah, I should get the ball rolling, actually. <laughs> now, look, um, yeah, I, th I think most of them will, will try and get to the States at some stage because um, whether in the Super Rugby or in France or in England, they're already on three-year contracts, so, uh, but I'm sure, you know, a lot of them will come over. Carlos Spencer's here too. He's, a, he's at uh, NOLA as well, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, do you think Carlos is going to get his boots on at any point this season? Do you think he feels like he can, he can make a difference? Because, like, the LA, 
assistant coach yeah. in his 40s, oh, playing high half, right? Yeah, or any A who's uh, a great player, and I mean, surely he can he can play for the rest of the season. Considering, yeah, I think I, I think he's going to. Yeah, he played really well. So, do you think do you think Carlos is looking at that and being like, hmm? Loss could easily put on his boots, so he he keeps himself in good great shape. So you never know; we might see him soon. I think I think I think it might be a pretty easy choice if there's a if if, if you know there's been a bit of a injury crisis in fly halves, but. But maybe uh, um, you know we'll we'll see that. That's that's definitely something to watch. So look, you have someone who's you've played around the world, right? You're, you're here because you see see that rugby's growing, and and you know there's um, a move to have the World Cup here in 2031. I'm pretty certain you won't be playing in 2031, but I'm not exactly sure if that's if, no. if that would be the case. No, um, I won't be. So so when you look at the future of rugby, right? And 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 you you know we there's lots of yeah, the, the game evolves, right? It's one of the interesting games. Like it's, it was a different, it's a different game now than it was when you started playing. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how it might, might have been different from when you first started as a youngster playing for the All Blacks up until now? And what's different and what's changed about the game in, in, in that 20 years? Yeah, look, I played, uh, you know, when I was five years old, I, I was lucky and blessed that I had, my, my father played for a long time and I had two older brothers who I wanted to be like. So, um, you know, you, you couldn't go too far to play rugby in New Zealand. And where I played in at uh, Oriental Rongatai, which is my rugby club in Wellington. Um, if you fast forward 20 years, and if I had to put it, you know, here in the States, it all, it all starts in the youth, you know. So I have three boys who play here in, in Carlsbad. They play for a club. Uh, called the Mustangs. So my I have three boys, and they're on the U8s, U10, and U14s. And I think the only way it can kick off here in America is is is, is the schoolboy rugby and, and the youth rugby, and how that progresses into what they want to become. Because um, you know a lot of kids aspire to be American footballers, basketball, baseball. Now they can have a goal of being a rugby player in terms of playing in the States. Um, and they could play for the Eagles, you know, and that's, I don't know how far that can take them, but um, they're, they're a formidable side that, you know, needs a competition to play in, you know, and they need, kind of need the resources to try and travel, to have an end year tour, to have a domestic series where they can play teams and get better you know they can come to New Zealand and the states can tour down there they can try and tour and play the super rugby teams I mean that's another not an idea where you know they can try and do that so if, if you're looking to hold the rugby world cup in 2031 that's probably where it can start you know you're just under 10 years and try and get in the competition here kids that are 10 years old could definitely make the World Cup at 19 for the Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the crazy thing, right? Like your, your kids are playing, are actually the generation that, that, that should be looking to play at that World Cup in 2031. And that's where the investment should go. Now, do you coach your kids or, or do you just watch from the sideline? What kind of, what do you, what do you do? They have coaches here, you know, already established. So um, I sit on the, I sit on the side and I mean, you know, that's, that's their role, but, 
I generally, you know, talk to my boys when I'm at home and uh, I take them out to train when, when I have time, when I'm not training. So, yeah, I'm their dad, but, um, you know, not out loud where, you know, you want to say something, but uh, people are around. So, yeah, yeah, my, and, yeah, so. yeah. My, um, my five-year-old daughter just picked up the game and she plays in the U8s. And uh, um, the first day I coached her, uh, like, I, like I said, who wants the ball? And I gave it to her twice in a row. And then the third time she looked at me and like look, looked at me as like, I've completely broken her heart and like walked off crying. And I was like, wow, coaching your kids is really, really hard. So I think stay on the sideline. That sounds like somewhere that, that, that you should be. So you know, here you are, you, you're in your second year um, of playing in MLR last year, you ended up playing in France. Um, do you have another year in you? Um, look, um, it's 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 this season, really. You know, um, it's tonight, and that's how I go by things. It's day by day, so just enjoying and, it. And and then when you do decide to hang up the boots, do you think you're going to stay in the states and? still be involved in, in, in rugby? Is that is that one of the long-term goals? Um, you have to ask me that when I'm finished. You're, you're someone that lives in the moment, right? So it's sort of yeah. like when that happens, you have to think. But, but you know, you talked about potentially being an agent, um, but you haven't had any coaching goals, right? You ain't coaching? Uh, well, I've, I've coached a few teams back at home um, in the COVID hit in 2020. Right. Um, but you know, I have a few ideas floating around. I can't let out the bag yet. You know, it's uh, you know, I can't, you can't quote me on anything because uh, it might just go worldwide, and then you know. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I don't want you to. I don't. I don't want you to let anything out of the bag here. Anything out of the bag. But I, I, I get the sense you've got some things you want to do. May not be coaching, but other ways to be involved in the game. I think. I think would be great. So a couple more questions about. San Diego and, and, and this year, just to get a little bit of your insight. So um, who are some of the players, like since you've been back um, with the Legion that have really stood out for you at the start of the season? Maybe some guys that have surprised you. Um, a lot of the team has kind of changed. Um, you know, most of the players I played with in the back line in 2020 have, have moved on to different teams. Um, Luke Burden's gone to L.A., Won a championship last year. Mikey Tell, who I got close to, uh, has gone to Utah. Uh, JP Duplessis, who was my midfield partner in 2020, which I love, has gone to NOLA. So, um, Save, who's a winger, he's gone to France. So, I mean, whether they've gone a bit of pastures, it's, they got to do what they got to do. It's, uh, it's business as well. Uh, but I would love for them to be here as well. And a few Fords who have moved on to Houston and to Austin. So um, a lot of new players here, which I'm enjoying. And, um, you know, they're putting up their hand for the side. So uh, all across the board, look, you got Nate Osberger, who's um, just impressed me this season. Um, you know, he, he's, he was injured in two years ago. He, he played a couple of games, got injured last year, uh, injured his leg. So, I mean, he, he played against the All Blacks as well and scored right. a fantastic try. So, I mean, I, I love that when I saw him score the try. And, um, you know, he's, he's leading the side this season. Uh, Dylan Orsley, Dylan, who's 
um, got injured last year who who I enjoyed playing with two years ago. Yeah. Uh, is not playing rugby at the moment. And, uh, you know, he was one of the players, I would say, that would be playing, you know, out of his skin. Uh, I know he'll be back. I saw him at the match on the yesterday, so uh, we miss him as well. So, um, but all in all, our, our side's still growing. We're still in work in progress as a team. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, you've still got some guys to come in from overseas, right? Um, but but it's been a, a pretty good start. I mean, maybe not consistent in terms of performance. Um, where do you think the team needs to grow if it, it's going to end up being a team that can really compete for the um, for you know the uh, the championship this year? Yeah, look, we um, haven't put probably a best performance together, and and I know that. We could say that as a side. Um, we're still getting to know each other. But, I mean, you know, we're round, round five and, and, you know, it's round six this week. You know, I don't want to make any excuses, but, um, you know, we still have to jail as a side and we, we still got to perform. I mean, I myself need to perform as well. So, um, I mean, I put my hand up. I'm not at my best right now. So, I mean, the next time I'll take the field. Um, I'll be owning trying to play well for this side. Well, I mean, you know, this is the last question. You get to go to, you know, the Big Apple, right? Um, this weekend, you get to um, go to New York, get to play against Andy, Andy Ellis, right? Um, <clears throat> talk a little bit about what it's like. I mean, it's one of those things uh, that I think a lot of the players from overseas come, and it's kind of like the one of the cool things is you get to go to New York, right? You get to go to LA, you get to go to... Um, you know, Austin, you get to go to Dallas and these places that you've heard of, heard of. Talk a little bit about like what it's like to be able to go and, and play a rugby game sort of in the shadows of the Empire State Building. Yeah, I think um, it would just be marvellous that, you know, you get the opportunity just to go to the Big Apple and play rugby, you know. Not once so long ago, you, you would say you're going to play rugby in, in New York. So, I mean, it's for us, it's, it's, it's a blessing. And we take every opportunity we get just to play in, in, in these different spots. As you say, you see Austin and get to play in Utah, Seattle. You know, we went to Houston last week. So you get to experience that. And, um, and you know, when you see players you, you've played with the national sides, it's extra special as well. Well, I, I actually have one last question. I said that was going to be the last one, but here's the last one. So, you know, with in your, um, you know, your kids are young, but hopefully at some point they grow up and they have kids. When, you know, if what's a memory that you've had playing rugby in America that you'll tell your grandkids about so far? Hopefully there'll be more to come, but so far, what's a memory that, 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 that you know, you think that like 30 years from now you'll be telling your grandkids about when you said, hey, I, I played in Major League Rugby? Look, I think it's more about um, trying to entice the uh, people of America to, to watch our game, you know, the game of rugby and just to come and experience, you know, guys running around the field, uh, no pads, you know, giving 100% for your side, yet um, coming off the field and, you know, shaking the opposition's hand. It's all about sportsmanship and 
the entertainment speaks for itself here. It's, it's amazing. And what I love about just before the game, you know, you get to sing the national anthem and everyone faces the flag. Yeah, that's special. That's cool. Well, well I know that there are, I, I actually know people that have taken flights um, to go see games because they wanted to watch you play. So just you being here is adding people to the game. Um, so one of the greatest All Blacks ever, one of the greatest rugby players ever, Manonu, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. There you go. Pete, when Major League Rugby started in 2018, did you ever, like when this, this is your brainchild. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to be talking to All Black greats. I'm going to be talking yeah. to World Cup winners. This is definitely yeah. going to be something that we're going to do in Major League Rugby. And, and I have to say, just a really interesting, thoughtful guy. You know, a little bit of Pete behind the curtain. I was like, hey, let's talk about your career. Let's talk about what brought you to the US. And he's like, you know what? I think we had this interview two years ago. Let's talk about something else. So we kind of went a little bit all over the place, but the guy was willing to answer every question and, and actually like was pinning down Stats Boy before the interview, asking him questions, was turning yeah. the tables as the warm up. So, hey, so really could have our third, could have our third host on the show once he's done, Ma, you know, hit, hit, hit up Stats Boy, get, get on the payroll and we can make it happen. But uh, no, you didn't ask him about man crushes or anything like that? Come on, man. Pop culture? Who's his no. favourite Teletubby? Come on, no, Pete. I, 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 didn't, I didn't do any of that, Dan, because that's not me. That, that is not you. <laughs> so, that is true. This is why that we're is a true. good duo. This is why we're, we're a good duo. You're the, like, you know, light, nonsense. kind of, like, jokey nonsense kind of stuff, and I'm the nuts and bolts professor that, that brings the stats and, and, and the heavy artillery. Heavy artillery, indeed, indeed it is. All right, mate. So let's uh, let's let's pull out some of the, the big guns now, the heavy artillery, because we're starting. Uh, we started the line out last week. Let's continue. Let's continue down the line out phase. One hundred and one with the professor. What is a line out? All restarts in rugby, there has to be a contest for possession, and in the line out, that's what you have. The ball gets thrown in. It has to be thrown down the middle. So both teams can contest, both teams can get in the air, but the throwing team, they have an advantage because they know where the ball's going to go. And so what that means is that they know the space that they need to get their jumper up to catch the ball. The trick is to be at a fine space, move to that space and get there quicker than the opposition. So before the opposition can take that space. Really good line-out jumpers are the ones that work with their lifters, the people that pick them up, and get to the space where the ball's going to be quickly and get up first. The jump is a part of the line-out. The throw is as important. The hooker needs to be able to throw the ball so it goes over any defensive jumpers and comes down to the space that they called. At the start of the line-out, the hooker makes a call. That says where the ball's going to go, and then the hooker has to get it into that space. The line-out is one of the best attacking opportunities in Major League Rugby because it allows you to set up a maul. The maul where the ball stays up, doesn't go to ground, and allows people to push. It's one of the very few times that you can be engaged in the game and be ahead of the ball. But actually in the line-out, everyone starts behind it and the ball gets passed to the back. And that drive, when it's done well, is very, very difficult to stop. Because the line-out is such an important part of the game and so important to scoring, 
A team that wins 85% or more of their own lineouts has a really good chance to win. Get your heart out, Clark Kent. Who can change clothes faster than Pete Steinberg? Nobody! Our very own Superman. That was great stuff, Pete. Always, always so informative. Uh, I do, I do enjoy listening to the uh, the deeper aspects of the game, especially when I played and, and they did the line. I just didn't pay attention to it at all. So, thank you for educating me in my later years. You're welcome. You're welcome, Dan. All right, big weekend coming up. As always, let's get out. Uh, are you working this weekend? Are you calling games? I am this not weekend? working this weekend. I am not working okay. this weekend. So. The platter is open. I can I can go yeah. nuts here. Yeah. We will kick things off Saturday. Uh, boo to no Friday night footy again. I'm just going to get upset every time we don't have a Friday night game until that changes permanently. It does kick off Saturday, and uh, this is going to be the game of the round. We'll deep dive into this one, Pete. Uh, let's just get our picks out of the way now. Austin at yep. Atlanta. It's 1v1, East versus West. This is, uh, you know, I've, I've been on the... Don't dive. I've Don't die, just pick. Oh, fine. Um, Austin, I'm picking Austin. I'm picking Austin in, in too. Big, we'll come back to that game shot. for our die. Okay. All right, yep. thanks. All right, later in the afternoon, in fact, just an hour and a half later, Toronto is at New England. New England, Christen. Uh, no, it's not. They played a game there last year, but this is their first home game. St. Paddy's Day as well in Boston. Dropkick Murphys, not playing, but they should be. But this one's going to be a big one. Toronto, New England. This one on the Rugby Network, mate. Who do you have here? I think I have New England. I think they're a very, very good side. I think Toronto are good. I think they're still undersized. Um, and uh, they're, still, they're still struggling to score points and score tries. Um, I think Toronto, Toronto are good. But I think New England are edge it with their home field advantage. Yeah, I, I, I believe Toronto will be a lot, lot better uh, at the back end of the season. I feel like they're improving week on week. But New England, as we saw on the weekend, they're, they're polished and they're firing now. Um, I think, is, is Dougie Fife back this weekend? That sound sure. right? Has he done his three games? Yeah. So you add him into – which is a shame because, he, you know, Barlow, Wilson, um, Wilson in particular has been great at 15. So I'm not sure – what Scott Matthews is going to do there in terms of adjusting the roster to bring – because you've got to have five back in the side somewhere. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. But, yeah, I think New England too strong here. All right, mate, Saturday night, Seattle at Houston. Boy, a couple of weeks ago, these two were, you know, hottest teams, not only in the West but in Major League Rugby. And now uh, both find themselves coming in on a two-game skid. Who, who rebounds here? Um. I think I'm going to go with Seattle. I think that uh, Seattle play a game that matches the way Houston want to play. Um, mm-hmm. I think Houston are a little bit too inconsistent. Um, the double tackles against that physical Houston pack, I think, I think they're going to hold them back. Houston struggle a little bit to be able to create, right? They're, they're, um, I, think, I think they've got some questions at nine. I think Smith's a solid player, but I don't think they, he, he plays at the pace that you need to against the Seattle team. And so if they play slowly, Right and deliberately, that Seattle defense will will hold them up. The one thing that Seattle needs to do is they need to stay away from penalties. They need to have discipline. Yeah, Smith versus Smith at the number nine. Oh yeah, here. yeah. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. Hopefully, you don't have a, a lift if you're calling this game. It could be difficult, but uh, I'll go Seattle as well. Just feel like they're quite they're built quite well to handle Houston's strength, and I think they're a little more talented in the back line. So. 
agree with you there. All right, Nola at Dallas, Saturday night, 8 p.m. on the Rugby Network. What are you thinking? Oh, this is Nola. I mean, I think they, they got the win. It's a tough place to go in Seattle. Um, they, they ground it out. They'll be buoyant. You know, Dallas have, have shown that they can compete, um, maybe not last weekend, but they can compete in pieces. I think they'll compete better at home. But um, I, think, I think Nola pulls this one off. They have to. Nola have to win this game. They cannot get uh, banana peeled by the Jackals. I think the Jackals will upset a few teams, but uh, they look a little banged up from the, the, the run too. I think they um, lost a few more troops on the weekend in that game. So, yeah, I'll have to go for New Orleans as well in that one. Shifting focus to Sunday now at 3 p.m., San Diego at New York. This is a big game too, a big, big game yeah. for both these sides. Well, I mean, San Diego have been waiting for some players to come in. It was interesting. You know, we, we talked to Marnonu, and um, he, he actually talked about how he hasn't been playing very well. And so um, I, think it's, I think it's interesting to see, um, you know, that's the San Diego team continue to grow. I think they're growing. Um, but it's a tough one. This is a good New York side. But I think San Diego edges this. I'm going the other way. I'll go with New York. Yeah. That's a that's a long that's a long road trip, uh, San Diego to New York. Uh, kickoff is three p.m. Eastern, so eleven in the morning. No, that's midday. Noon, noon, midday, yeah, noon. Midday. Not too that's bad. Not too bad. But yeah, still that's an early not... start. I mean, yeah, still probably an early yeah. start, depending on where you're staying. Yeah, remember when Toronto made Seattle play at ten in the morning Eastern? <laughs> That was great. And uh, unsurprisingly, they got flogged. But, uh, yeah, I think New York at home will win this one. Uh, I feel like they picked up a lot of lessons from that loss to New England. So they'll bounce back here. All right, last game of the week is Sunday, 7 p.m., Utah, L.A. It is a rematch of the Western Conference Final. And there he is, Hereni IE, 42 years young. Will he suit up starting 10 again? That's the big question. Well, you know, 10 was the big um, change that they had last week for Utah and really allowed them to open up, right? So um, I think it's Kenema. Is that is that the right name? I'm trying to, like, get it in my head. I'm not feeling too good today. But, it, you know, moved him from fullback with Lobsher back to um, – from fly-off back to fullback and really, like, opened it up. I, I think this is going to be a really interesting game, and it's a real marker for Utah. This is a game that, that Utah needs to be – needs to demonstrate that they're good. I think that, um, you know, LA are not at their best. So this will be a close one. But I think at home, I think LA might have a little bit too much quality. It's going to be a close one, but I'm going to go with LA. Mm, This is a tough one to pick. Uh, This one's on FS2. Sorry, I forgot to leave out where to watch this one. So um, I'm going to go with you, mate. I think LA at home, they're they're backed up like, Fancy losing three fly halves by week yeah. five of the season. That's, That's just crazy. And then you pull I, out a Rene IE yeah. to play 10. Right. Incredible. But Which, which uh, you know, I'm just waiting for, like, Nola to go through their fly half injury run and for Carlos Spencer to come on out. I mean, Marnono said he thinks Carlos can still play, looks after himself. So, so that would be yeah. a, a great matchup. Oh, that that would be. How about that? Carlos versus Areni. People, you remember the, the the meme with Robin Williams? It's like, what year is it? It'd be like starting tens. Areni, IE, and Carlos Spencer. What are we in two thousand five? Like it was crazy. <laughs> um, that'll be a good game. All right, interesting game of the week. No, no surprises here. When you've got a one v one, 
it's always going to be the interesting game of the week. Austin on the road against Atlanta. There are so many storylines that interweave this game, Pete. But what stands out for you? Well, I mean, these were the two best defensive defenses last year. I mean, Austin was a really good defense, but they just couldn't score tries. And now they are, you know, they've scored more tries. They've scored 24 tries, more tries than any other team in the competition. Um, they have uh, more offloads, almost more offloads. I'm just looking at the stats right now. San Diego have one more. I mean, this is a team, 28 line breaks more than anyone. Like, this is a team that has a good defense and a good attack now. Rugby mm-hmm. ATL... Like, opened up. Like, Ryan Reese had a great game. Like, switch of halfbacks. Um, Stephen Brett said that, you know, the team is really settling into their attacking structure. So, they showed that they can score. But it's going to be a great matchup between, like, you know, a team that is playing great attacking rugby against a really physical defense. And as always, it's going to come down to the forwards. Both teams have great lineouts. I think Austin might have the edge in the scrum. That's the thing. That's the place I would look. I think whoever has the edge in the scrum, and maybe like on the penalty side, um, because it's gonna be a close game. I think I think we'll take we'll take this game. I tell you, there is a different edge to Austin when Lockie McCaffrey plays as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a good, such a big good difference player. maker. Now he's at eight yeah. and he's starting, and he'll be settled in a little bit more and has some more minutes. It's yeah, that, like they are, they are firming as favourites, like. Week by week, you're just kind of waiting for them to slip, but they right. just look stronger and stronger. And uh, last year, they were all defense; they could not attack to save themselves. Right, like, literally, they were. The statistics last year of them getting inside the 22 and coming away with nothing was like Sam Harris must have been like not sleeping because right. you're like, God, why can we march 50, 60 meters down the field and then we just turn into you know an under 13 team when we get inside the 22 and can't convert. But now he went out, he did, he's a smart coach, went out and signed some weapons to execute inside right. the 20s. Some, some real players, you know, Keith and Dominguez. And, uh, man, I, I, I think they're just going to keep better and better. They've evolved from week one to now as well. They're changing week and week. So it's really hard to plan against that. So I think Atlanta is a really, really good team, a really good team. But yep. I don't know if their identity is quite as – strong as what Austin's is right now. So I'll go Austin well, on the road here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the one thing when you look at the stats, so a couple of things, um, Austin do kick a lot. I think like um, like Will McGee has had a really good, um, he's managing the game with his boot. He's had some, had some really good kicks last weekend. But Austin, if you take out, um, uh, if you take out Dallas, Austin are penalized more than anyone else. Um, yeah. And they've had four yellow cards. They've had a yellow card almost every game. Um, Atlanta's a m- much cleaner this year. We know that they had problems last year with the penalties, particularly at, at, at the breakdown. And so that's where I think this game is going to be really important. If Austin can keep their discipline, I think they win this game. But if they still, if they can't listen to the referee and get penalized, I think ATL probably pulled this off. Yeah. It was interesting, right? Like, uh, again, you talk about coaching and strategy and, and you know, Mac Mason's injured, can't play. Will McGee comes in. Will's got a really strong kicking game. They isolate Ryan James and John Ryberg, who are right. both super athletic wingers, but positionally and kicking, probably not the strongest 11 and 14 in the league. So they right. kicked a lot. And they kicked behind yeah. those two guys. And it was like, it's going to be ugly, but we're going to get it done. The last thing they want to do is have ball in hand and run into Meeks and Cottrell 
who are just phenomenal defenders and ball thieves. You know, they slow yeah, ball absolutely. down. Absolutely. They yeah. steal ball. Very, very smart. Right. Yeah. But they knew it was going to be boring somewhat, like a little little boring, but super effective. So really well coached there. Yeah, and that's where, Dan, you, you've talked about, like, I think, you know, um, with Sam Harris in his second year, they have that flexibility. I mean, I, I know last year when, um, when I talked to Sam, he talked about, like, basically keeping it basic on attack. And now with the returning players, you can see that flexibility, that change in structure. They can play differently based on who their opponent is. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, sorry, just sneaking in a little yawn there. Not I am, a problem. I am, Not a problem. Long days on the road, let me tell you. Long days on the road. I thought I was getting uh, away well, from all this travel. Yeah, next week, next week, I think it's my turn to be on the road. So I'm in Orlando next week. I am, depending on when we record, will be in Minnesota. There uh, we go. Yeah, I'm going up to do some work with the Minnesota Vikings. Just kidding. Just the hotel's right next to their facility. So I'll take a photo. I'll send it to you. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. All right, Pete. Another great show, buddy. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed it as always. Where are you going to watch the games this weekend? You're at home at least the games? I'm, I'm at home this weekend, yeah. So I'll be uh, – I mean, it, it's hard. It's uh, Elliot's second birthday. So, Aww. Um, yeah. You should let off it's, with it's, that. It's, uh, it's going to be um, – so his birthday is on uh, Saturday – and yep. uh, grandma is coming in. So I might be able to sneak a game while grandma's doing that. And, yeah. um, and then the uh, second, um, uh, and then his birthday party's on Sunday. So I'm going to have to work around a little bit. But I've got some travel on, on that Monday, so I can catch up on the games. I, I, I watch the games double speed on, uh, um, on, on uh, the, you know, I can like work out how to download them and then I watch them double speed and that's how I get to see them. I love it. I love it. I love that he has a two-day banger for his second birthday. Like his birthday, Saturday, well, so, party, so Sunday. No first, no first birthday, right? Because of oh, course, right. this is his first yeah. birthday party. So, I mean, I mean, it's really for Yvonne, right? That's that's like yeah. like the birthday parties for the mother. Um, so he he so. was literally born as COVID shut the world. Down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When we walked into the um, hospital, they asked us if we'd been to China, and they took our temperature. And then um, when we left was the first day that spouses or partners were the only people that were allowed um, And when we discharged. And then a week later, everything shut down. Huh. So, yeah. Been two yeah. years. So we know when COVID started because it's pretty much when Elliot was born. I want him back. I'm going to, again, non-rugby related, start the petition to take two years off everyone's age. I think we should <laughs> yeah. make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, yeah, right, absolutely. Pete. Been great, brother. Get better. I know you're feeling a little under the weather, so get well. Enjoy the birthday party this weekend. Don't stay up too late uh, with Elliot. Don't need any bad habits forming you at two years of age. For the professor, stats boy Aaron Castro, and Ryan Ginty, I'm Dan Power. This has been the MLR Kicker.